0: Hello and welcome to the Wheeler Betting weekend preview in association with Gambler. Hi guys, hope you're well. Mark O'Hare here from Wheeler Betting to help steer the ship towards some weekend value from the Premier League and beyond. With me to discuss the odds, the lines, the markets and all the movements is
1: the prolific Tom Love. How are you doing this evening, Tom? (laughs) Yeah, not bad. I've not been called prolific before. Uh, Certainly not on the (laughs) national field. But uh, yeah, I'm very well. Thank you, Mark. Um, Very decent weekend, really. Last week, wasn't it, on the pod? I mean, we had quite a few winners. Um, We had Trent Alexander-Arnold once again getting a few shots from distance, uh, profiting off that. Will absolutely nailed the penalty bets uh in the Wester game. I wonder what price he could have got on free penalties. Um so <laughs> um maybe one to look at this week. Uh but Matic got a card as well which was a nice price. Around nine to two I think that was. Uh another one for Will there and we had uh, both teams to score in the Brighton United game. Overs and both teams to score in the UV game. We had spinners over for a few shots at decent prices as well. Five to six and four to one. So, yeah, um, and Doncaster won as a, a nap very comfortably for one against Bristol, rather. So, decent weekend last weekend, going on from the, the first pod. So, hopefully another weekend of profits. Yes, please. Looking forward
0: to hearing what you both uh, got lined up for me. Uh, Will's here as well. Um, exceptional week for you, Will. Uh, you're the punting penalty king, I can call call you after last weekend. Um, how's things, and, and how have you been?
2: <laughs> yeah, good, thanks, mate um great to be on this esteemed podcast again uh (laughs) i think my 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 podcast bets were worked out all right but if we went into some of the other divisions the uh the model was just picking up the wrong games unfortunately we had um in in syria and la liga nothing really went fell the right way for me on the pens and red cards but that's that's just the variance you get with these markets
0: but yeah looking
2: forward to another weekend of of big
0: matches I just wanted to ask you, actually, Will, we've had a couple of weeks now. Uh, I'm kind of sick of all the handball and penalty chat, which is going around. Um, Sometimes it feels like the Premier League is the only league that exists in the the world, um, such as the sort of hysteria that goes around with it. But uh, the prices on penalties being awarded have completely crashed after the first couple of weeks. I think it's around 13 to 8 for one in, in the Super Sunday game United against Spurs. Anthony Taylor, the referee there. Uh, You might be able to get bigger than that, I'm not sure. But uh, as someone who's quite across all of this kind of stuff, um, have you made any sort of private adjustments to your model or are you kind of consciously adjusting prices or just kind of waiting and seeing in the first few weeks to see how things play out? Uh, The Premier League's always been
2: one of these leagues that's never really shown any value at all from from the outset of VAR being introduced. I guess a lot of bookies as well might, in the UK market particularly, have... um, have poor, mar- well, they have a big overround for themselves. So a big margin on, on these markets played priced in already. Um, but yeah, this, uh, this pandemic as people are calling it, um, <laughs> it's, it's something that we, I mean, my bet last weekend, I know I kind of mentioned that the amount we'd had, but that bet would have always been a play prior to these increases with the handball and the new interpretation by the PGMOL. So, um, We, I haven't adjusted anything, I kind of just watching it, but most of those, most of those prices, like you say, sort of 13 to eight for a penalty in a match would have always been no bets anyway. And uh, I'm not adjusting based upon two weeks of data. We, we we tend to look off lifetime stats of referees and, and, and last season kind of stats of teams. So, uh, I need a bigger data set than that. And, uh, and, yeah,
0: Premier League just isn't isn't really the best place to look, usually. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Um, Tom, I just wanted to ask you, before we do get into into the games this weekend, um, we've just literally gone live after listening or watching the Champions League draw. Um, I just wanted to briefly ask you for your one side who you think should, punters should be keeping tabs on this season in the Champions League, maybe an underrated team, a dark horse, whatever, Just just one team you feel could provide us with a few opportunities.
1: Um, it's an interesting one. I think that looking through the groups, what we've seen, I think that Borussia Dortmund have probably the most manageable group. Um, they should win that. And I think that if they can really sort their defence out, I think that then they could be serious challenges. Um, but it, there's a lot of teams who you see as dark horses from last season. I mean, Atalanta, started again on this uh, this season on fire, um, I think you've got to be tailing them once again. I think they were quite unfortunate in the end to uh, get knocked out against PSG. But, yeah, th- there's so many teams that you could make a case for. Um, I think that Stad-Ren could po- possibly get out of that group with Chelsea, uh, Sevilla and Krasnodar. Um, I've been really impressed by what I've seen of them and uh, I think that they could upset the odds at a massive price as well. Um, so, yeah, the, the teams that I'd be following are probably Dortmund, Rennes at a massive price, um, and possibly someone like a uh, Salzburg could come through and uh, really surprise people because they've, they're kind of like the mini Leipzig, aren't they? Maybe they could mm-hmm. show them uh, how it's done, and yeah, I think there's quite a few decent teams who could make a decent case for, but Yeah, it's very hard to look past the big big guns when you are looking how stacked they are at the minute.
0: Yeah, just when the draw was taking place, I had a quick look at the outright odds. I'm absolutely amazed. I think Atalanta were trading around 40-1 to still, uh, which is absolutely enormous considering what they achieved last year. And as you say, quite unlucky towards the end there to be knocked out. I think they just ran out of legs really at the end, which is a great shame. And Josip Ilicic should be back in the fold within the next couple of weeks. Uh, and Papu Gomo's have stayed as well. So uh, for me, it's all about of Atalanta at massive prices and potentially Atletico Madrid as well, uh, I think they're around 25s at the moment or as the draw was taking place, things might have adjusted by the time people listen to this. But um, right, let's get into the games then. We're going to slightly adapt the format this week, guys. Uh, listening to a bit of feedback, we thought it might be worthwhile to preview the big game in the Premier League and the big game in Europe and then just focus on the guys' best bets and, and what it is they really like thereafter. So the standout fixture in the Premier League is on Sunday. It's uh, it's quite a grim card, actually, in the Premier League for me this weekend. But uh, United against Spurs takes top billing. United, a smidgen of odds on here. Uh, Spurs around 3-1. to one. Tom, I'm not particularly keen on United at that price, but uh, we've kind of traded messages this week. You aren't so kind of put off by it. So, you know, are you pro-United here? If not, what's the bet if you're not backing United?
1: Um, I'd call it more anti-Spurs than pro-United, to be honest, <laughs> Mike. Um, I've kind of long been uh, a kind of hater, really, I guess you could call it, a Jose Mourinho, and Spurs away from home are never really a bet for me. I know a lot of people looking at the price of United here around evens. I'm thinking they, they went off around 6-4, to four, I think, in this fixture last season. And they're, they're not really in good form from what we've seen at the start of the campaign. But, I mean, that that win midweek might have given them a, a nice bit of a boost. Uh, Spurs obviously got through on pens. I thought they were pretty good in that game against Chelsea. I mean, they, they, they did have a second-string team out, to be fair. And you've got to look at the schedule here. I mean, Spurs playing Tuesday. They're playing Thursday night, as we speak. And um, then they've got this game away from home on the Sunday. It's a a mammoth task, really, for Mourinho. So I do have some sympathy with him. But Spurs, I think they won three or four games last season away from home. I just can't be having them. I just can't side with them at all. And as much as United have been um, pretty poor defensively from what I've seen, I thought they were very fortunate in the end to get that win, obviously, against Brighton. Even if you take out the penalty incident at the end, um, I thought Brighton were probably the better side. But I do rate Brighton probably on par with Spurs. Um, just because Spurs are a bit bigger name, it doesn't mean that they're any better on the pitch. Um, so I, I think United are probably a fair price. Um, if you can get evens or bigger on them to win, I'll be taking that personally, uh, all things considered. Obviously, human Son's out. That's a huge blow for Spurs. I think having him out is probably more of a disaster than having Harry Kane out of this team, especially away from home, where he can get in behind high lines and defences, as we saw at Southampton. Um, If Kane's going to be coming deep, who's going to be that man going in behind? I I can't really see anyone of the quality of Son who'd be prepared to do that. So, yeah, It's more anti-Spurs. I'm not massively overhauled with the price on United, but uh, even money or better, I think that's just about a bet. Um, I did look into a couple of other markets here. Um, one thing that stood out on Betfair, they've boosted um, a shot on target bet, which is Bruno Fernandes and Harry Kane both to have two or more shots on target, and that's 8-1. to one. Um, Usually, I have to kind of look twice at these kind of because they're quite hard to value, uh, quite hard to kind of get a handle on. But Kane has to be on all kind of shots. I think he had four shots on target last week, about eight altogether. So he's obviously got his shooting boots back on now. Um, without Son, the honesty is massively on him. Um, he usually has a not, a not not really a bad record against United. And I think that Bruno, the fact he's on pens as well, Two players who are on penalties, which is a, a, a big boost. I mean, there could be two penalties each, and you get you get your money in, <laughs> um, which wouldn't surprise us. But yeah, I think eight to one, that's worth a bit of a fun bet. Uh, but my main, it's not something that's massively taking me. But a lot of people are going against United this week. I can understand why they're even money, uh, just because Spurs are really not for me, especially without Son. So United at evens, they're probably my favourite bet there, but have a look at that
0: 8-1. Okay, well, uh, I can't say I'm overly infused by this match. Uh, I hope you are, because uh, I was actually struggling to find something I really wanted to hang my hat on here. Mourinho, in a way, away from home in a big game, normally quite defensive, pragmatic. Anthony Taylor, the referee. Uh, United haven't really impressed so far, so what are you doing? How are you heading into this match for, from a punting perspective? Yeah, I've been kind of struggling to hang my hat on
2: something as well. So let's hope it's not too questionable a pick. But uh, yeah, I, I agree with, I think, I, I see it as a bit more of a closer game. Um, and I can't really call whether it's going to be a low scoring or, or, or not, really. Um bails out till after the international break, isn't he? I had to do my research on that because I wasn't sure. But yeah, and then with Son out as well, I mean, and that how packed everyone's schedules have been. Um, it doesn't look like Spurs would, would really have too too much of an attack going here. Um, it kind of alters the way they're going to have to play. I guess they've got decent enough replacements in play. Well, I mean, Bergwijn's even been starting as well, but they're not really on the same level as, you know, that ideal front three that they're looking for now with Bale, Son and Kane. Um, I watched United in the second half a little bit against Brighton last night. They were much better. Than they were against them in, at the weekend in the Premier League, but then the teams were kind of altered quite a lot. Van der Beek's, Van der Beek's looking uh, really adept already, which is good for them. Um, prep, their their midfield in general is just, I mean, they've got a bit of an embarrassment of riches there now. I, I'd say, and if they can add, there's rumours of adding Usman Dembele as well, because um, Jaden Sancho that, that transfer doesn't look like that's going to go through. Um, so, I mean, they need to then start to translate this into some some kind of actual consistency, don't they? Because that is an amazing midfield, really. And they just seem a bit tactically kind of incapable, um, whether that's Ole Gunnar Solskjaer or, or, or something else deeper rooted, I'm not sure. But I was thinking and a lot of other people were thinking they were nailed on for top four. And I'm, I'm not 100% convinced about that after the first few games anyway. Um, and yeah, I I think you're right about the match odds for me. Yeah. I I definitely wouldn't be back in under evens. Um, but even at evens, I'm not, I'm not really convinced, even if Spurs are going to be going to be pretty blunt up top. So, uh, I looked away from that and yeah, I'm going to take it straight back to to uh, penalties even after saying that i would not look at penalties for premier league so much um but this is a price-based play um and i think that's what you've got to do at the moment now with everyone's gonna to have to get inventive with how you're gonna get on pen pen markets in this league um and i will i'm happy to do that right now still because whilst i said there's been sort of two weeks of absolute chaos um that i w- don't want to alter my my model to completely um I think you probably the best chance you're ever going to get of taking advantage of such a short term trend is now. um, If I would say probably that the referee, Premier League referee board is going to probably convene during this uh, next international break and probably put a lid on this or make some changes. So, uh, but because of how packed the schedule's been, I can't see them changing anything particularly ahead of this weekend so maybe maybe in a few weekends time it might start to die down but um and yeah as you've mentioned mark as well taylor with the whistle and i mean he's been a nutcase so far uh, <laughs> for four pens in two games um both of them have had two pens none of them were actually for the handball rule though so i mean what's actually is that just variance that's caused that like um, you could say all four were just like little tackles in the box um so they they were probably penalties and and how much has actually the referee impacted that um it's hard to really measure you need to then start to look at things like shots in the box and if teams are making tons of shots in the box or over indexing on that then that will result in in more penalties given but um anyway get into my get into my bet (laughs) um if you look at the best price for either team to score a pen you're only getting nine to two on united and seven to one on spurs um that's absolute best price on those but then and as you've mentioned it's sort of like seven to four even even six to four for a pen any pen taken in the match um but if you go to bet uh, ball sports bet builder you can get 10 to 3 on over 0.5 goals and a pen scored so obviously there has to be over 0.5 goals so 10 to 3 on that which I mean, I apply a seventy-five percent, or I basically decrease the chance of a pen taken being correlating, uh, corresponding into a goal uh, by twenty-five percent. Basically, seventy-five percent of penalties are scored across global divisions. It can kind of go up to about eighty percent in some leagues, but at least if you if you if you do it at seventy-five percent, then you're you're actually kind of under predicting penalties, which I'd rather be doing than over predicting. So uh, that would suggest that that 10 to 3 would be 9 to 4 on a pen taken. And, yeah, nowhere else is above 7 to 4. So getting a little bit of extra value that value on that market. Um, and that's how I'm going to play this one. 10 to 3 on bet, uh, Ball sports, bet builder, over 0.5 goals and a pen scored.
0: Yeah, I like that. Very inventive. So Tom says uh, United at evens. You're also looking at Bruno Fernandes and Harry Kane to have two shots on target, each 8 to 1. Uh, And Will's been very inventive with his bet builder at Boyle Sports, 10 to 3, on over 0.5 goals and a penalty to be scored. Nicely done, guys. Um, Right, we're going to have a look at the big game in Europe each week. Uh, Tom puts out a poll on his Twitter page every Wednesday to see which one of the four fixtures you guys want us to cover. Inter's trip to Lazio on Sunday has just squeezed out Juve's match against Napoli. I mean just, I mean it was a fraction of a percent really in the vote. So, uh, both games should be absolutely fantastic. Uh, Tom, Lazio thumped, at a, or thumped by Atalanta, I should say, in midweek. Uh, Simone Inzaghi felt the scoreline was quite harsh on his team. They're 2-1 to one outsiders in Rome against an Inter side who have been involved in two, uh, well, wild games. 14 goals in total between the two matches. So quite incredible, really, considering we've only just started the season. So what's the bet then when uh, Lazio meet Inter?
1: Yeah, I think that the bet is siding with Inter. Um, I just want to get a bit more out of the price, so it's fa- it's fairly simple, really, for me. This I think that Inter Milan to win and both teams to score at eleven to four looks like the best route to go down here. I think that there will be goals in this. I mean, you just had to watch that Lazio game against Atalanta and last season. Um, I think it were around seventy percent of Lazio Games were hitting over two and a half. Um, Really, really high scoring. And they're they're really struggling to convince me at the back of Lazio. I just wonder if that that squad's getting a bit tired now. Um, They've not really done much in the transfer market for a couple of years. And they've still got decent players with the likes of Luis Alberto, Milinkovic-Savic is still there, of course. And uh, Cido Mobley up top. So they do have goals in the team, but I just think that that defence is not good enough to keep out the best teams in the league, and if you look at Inter this season, I think that they are probably my favourites to win the league um, ahead of Juventus. I think that they're a better bet anyway. I was just looking at uh, Inter's match against uh, Benevento, 5-2 they won that. I mean, Benevento were very poor, I was watching some of that, and Defensively, they were all over the shop. But I was just looking at the players that were on the bench for Inter, never mind who was starting. Bench of Brozovic, Berea, Erickson, even Perisic, Lotaro Martinez. Uh, so there's so many options for the, the infamous moaning monster that is Antonio Conte. He can't moan anymore. He's got a squad that's stacked with talent. Uh, with depth as well, they should be able to compete on all fronts this season. I'm expecting them to win at least two trophies. Um, if they don't, I think they'll be pretty disappointed. But I, I do expect them to win this. I think they're around five to four outright. Um, but given how often Lazio do score, which is pretty much every game, um, you've got to be looking at Inter to win. And both teams to score. It's just under three to one, that eleven to four. So that'll be my main bet um, at a decent price. But you're just looking at the anytime goal scoring market, which is something that I'm, I'm not a massive player in personally, just because player bets can be killed if a player goes off pretty early. So I don't usually like taking pretty short prices, but 6-5 to five with Skybet for Romelu Lukaku to score any time. He should be odds-on, I think, Um, given his record. A lot's been made of it uh, towards the end of last season. Superb in the Europa League, of course. And, um, yeah, I'm expecting him to really cause that poor Lazio defence some serious problems. Uh, And anything above even money, I said to myself, I'd be taking that. So, yeah, I'm, I'm expecting Inter to win. I do think they'll concede. I don't think they're fully... We saw that against Benevento. I mean, they conceded two against them at the end of the day. Uh, They they are quite attacking with the wing-backs, of course. Um, i just got to say I was really impressed with Hakimi, the right wing-back, who it kind of passed my mind that he joined them because it seemed to have been announced quite a long time ago. But he was excellent. Uh, He's got a goal and two assists so far this season. And he, he's kind of that missing link. I think if they were weakest in one position, it would have been wing-back last season. They've upgraded now. And, um, yeah, I'm expecting Inter to win this, especially without any fans. Um, but the the price jump from 5-4 to four, to 11-4, to four. if you chuck in a Lazio goal, he's um, kind of too good to turn down. So I'm going to be a bit greedy and take that instead.
0: No, greedy's nothing wrong with greedy at all. Uh, I'd agree with Hakimi. What a fantastic mm. full debut he made against Benevento! Um, outrageously uh, good from the right flank. Uh, Will Lazio Inter on Sunday afternoon should be a good one, shouldn't it? Yeah, definitely. Mark, you're gonna have to start coming to me
2: instead of Tom first because he keeps taking my bets. <laughs> I've literally got two bets on this match, and it's it's Hakimi and Lukaku anytime goal scorers. But anyway, I'll still I'll give my little my little. Uh, kind of review of what's going on as well um yeah I guess as well both teams coming off the back of high scoring matches don't they Atalanta are extremely clinical against Lazio but I I mean and those highlights I saw as well probably the same ones that Tom saw I wouldn't take anything away from them. um Lazio grew into the game for a, a bit but perhaps unlikely to lose that heavily but yeah they were they were cut open fairly easily by Papu Gomez and and yeah, Hakimi uh, and Young for, for Inter when against Benevento, they were just camped in camped in their half. Um, I was actually looking at Young as well to score any time potentially at seven to one. He's 35 now, so he gets subbed a bit, which is kind of a bit of a of a downside to this. Um, maybe he'd get subbed in the 60th or 70th minute, I expect. Um, but he got four goals last season in 18 games, which is his best return since 2011, which just shows you that. Kind of the, the style that Conte is deploying here, and how far forward Young is able to get. Um, Lazio uh, themselves had uh, the better of it against Cagliari, winning the XG one one point eight to one um, in the first game week. And Inter, though Inter, actually, this is interesting. I guess they were outshot by Fiorentina only narrowly, but um, I would kind of be slightly nervous about that. I do still think that they're probably. The better side uh well they're definitely the better side but they're at the prices as well i'd still lean towards them um but yeah it's just been quite chaotic matches both of their first two matches of the season with seven goals and i mean yeah they've scored the majority of them but they've still conceded five um uh what else i got to say about it yeah, um I, I think with lazio yeah they've been um inzaghi's been there for four years now and i, I guess last season looks like he's missed the, his best chance of silverware i'd say um how well they were going at one point um interesting actually one thing that tom hasn't mentioned is uh guida is in charge of this which is a, a blessing for someone to be in charge someone like him to be in charge of such a massive meeting um only Gianluca rocci gave more pens last season than guida um who gave 15 and 17 matches um but he, he's he doesn't really stop there either. He's uh he loves everything. He, he gives he gave <laughs> twelve reds in seventeen. Um those do reduce a bit um when you start to look like well, quite a lot when you look lifetime, but um he's still way higher than league averages for, for pens per game. He's at th- 0.36 and reds he's at zero point three. Um so just on a crude level there, if you're if you're getting over two to one on a pen, which you might struggle to get now, um, then you're looking then you're looking in the right areas. And if you're getting over th- over maybe five to two or three to one on a red, it, it could still be interesting. I'd I'd probably look for four four for a red card. Uh, those those markets haven't been priced up yet. I probably would have been um leaning towards that as my main bet if so. Um just simply because these yeah I mean he's given a red in ten of his last twenty matches in all Competitions um, and these two teams were also quite dirty. Um, I think they had ten cards between them last season, um, and Lazio as well. Yeah, were, were awarded a league high eighteen penalties last season in, in thirty-eight matches, which is insane um, compared to eleven for Inter. But that was still pretty pretty good going for Inter. Um, and obviously, Lukaku is on penalties, so I think with, with Gida in charge, with the amount of goals that these two teams have been Plundering, and um, I think if you look towards Immobile and um, and Lukaku to score, then you're looking in the right areas. So I agree, at uh, six to five on Lukaku scoring any time at Skybet or Bet Vector, that would be my main bet, and then potentially Hakimi at five to one.
0: Nice. It sounds like it's going to be quite an entertaining game then. So um, almost time to get the guys' naps, their next bests, and their long shots, but. Firstly, we ran two competitions last week. Firstly, uh, Lewis Dunbar is the guy we picked out as the first winner from sharing the podcast. Thank you very much for that. Uh, Sharing is always hugely appreciated as we look to try and reach as many people as we possibly can with the new podcast. So thank you very much. Uh, Secondly, we had the biggest priced winner scooping a £20 free bet as well. So unbelievably close this. uh, AMK bets bagged it with his double on Ipswich minus one and a half and Lincoln minus one and a half. Came in at odds of almost 9-1. to one. He was just pipped, uh, or he just pipped, I should say, uh, Kieran Gleeson, uh, who called Ipswich to beat Rochdale 2-0 at sevens. But uh, a shout-out to Jack Spooner as well, who put up Trossard two shots on target from outside the box at 16-1. to one. I mean, how unfortunate can you be with the amount of times he hit the woodwork in that game? So very unfortunate there. But uh, Lewis and AMK will be in touch with you to claim your £20 free bets uh, on Friday. So well done to you guys. But there is another chance to win another free bet this week. Uh, £20 again, same format as always. Tweet us with your biggest price fancy of the weekend. To The biggest price winner will take home the free bet. Quite simple, really. Uh, Tom, we've had quite a few entries in already. So do you want to run us through some of those?
1: Yeah, sure. Uh, plenty of entries, all very different markets as well, which is very interesting. Um, Lewis has gone for Thomas Suchek to have four or more shots for West Ham. Against Leicester, 22 to one, huge price for that. Uh, Chris Evans, not that one, has gone for Bamford, <laughs> first goal scorer against Man City, 11 to one. In fine fettle at the minute, isn't he? Jamie has gone for Tyrone Mings to have a shot on target. He's 12 to one, which is very big price for from set pieces. Obviously, scored against Fulham the other day. Uh, Specky has gone for Dominic Calvert Lewin to score two or more goals at 7-1 can see why he's gone for that um, Francis has gone for a treble Newcastle, Blackburn and Wimbledon at 12-1 to one. Alex is taken away out of Will's book here penalty scored at Leeds and Chelsea that's an 8-1 to one double with Bet Victor I think um, Stephen has gone into the Leeds game as well he's gone for um, the Whites to get 27 or more tackles in the game at 6-1 to one. Certainly been up there for tackles and interceptions this season, I think, of Leeds. Jack Wright, who's a, um, a a great bit of insight from him all the time. He's gone into one of the more obscure markets here. He's gone for, um, I think it's the second tier in Belgium. Serang versus Club Brugge under 23s. Incredibly, you can manage to get a, a, a player market here. George... Miakadze to score three or more goals, seven to one, uh, 17 to one, I should say. Um, I'll trust him on that. Rob has gone for both teams over 1.5 cards in a double. He's gone for the Leeds game and the Villa Liverpool game. That's 20 to one, which really stood out as a double, to be honest. Um, Stuff fuller has gone for Crotone, draw no bet at 11 to two in Italy. Man Clark has gone for an anytime goal scorer treble. Bruno Fernandes, Harvey Barnes, and Calvert Lewin at twenty-one to one. Channel Radar has gone for Palace and Arsenal in a double at twelve to one. Uh, allen has gone for Bristol City minus one at six to one against beleaguered Nottingham Forest. Paul has gone for the Chelsea game this weekend to end two-two at eighteen to one. Stefan has gone for Leo Trossard to have two or more goals in the game. Uh, hopefully he's a bit more lucky this week. That's 28-1, we bet 365. Uh, Jerry Taylor, who's always got a, a good bit of insight as well, he's actually gone for keeping it local to him. Rangers to win 7-0 against Ross County, 66-1. to 1. So that's the biggest price out of everyone. Um, so good luck with that, Jerry. And Toby Palmer has gone for something that's not really RMO. He's gone into the London Marathon market. I'm not sure if we can... Um, put this up but it's going for getting <laughs> Gedimu to win the London Marathon at 12 to 1 um, uh, yeah ask him about that um, that's not really my bad <laughs> <laughs> Will what's going on there oh, he's not mentioned that one to me so I've no idea <laughs>
0: and we'll allow it uh, if you can get your entries in by Friday night if possible please and uh, hopefully games that conclude before Monday night as well that'd be great but uh, £20 free bet up for grabs if you back the biggest price winner out of all the entries we received um right let's get back to business um we're going to get the guys naps their next bests and their long shots in reverse order so we'll start with the latter will what's your long shot a bet at seven to two or larger this weekend please long shot you always sneak that in and I'm always ready with my nap uh
2: my, <laughs> my long shot we'll
0: always save the best is, to last Will. you know that
2: yeah, yeah true my long shot is um is Leeds to beat man city at uh, 15 to 2 um i'm just going straight for it here i think i i mean i think they were going to be massively competitive and i think a lot of people have been kind of saying that ahead of the weekend so i've just kind of gone for it on the nose um they're fearless aren't they and um probably better at pressing and better even in possession than the Leicester are and the fox is some embarrassed city really there um it was one of those games, though, where possessions and and kind of shots, City still had had the better of it. But I think you can just ignore it. I mean, it just it looked like a Leicester win throughout, pretty much ever since they uh, got back on level terms. Um, Leeds have, have only scored, uh, sorry, they have scored eight goals from an, an expected goals of only three. But but they're such a direct team. Um, I just think it will threaten this this uh, City back line. I, I mean, Laporte's back from. From injury he played last night uh, against burnley um so i guess new signing Diaz from uh, from portugal won't be blooded straight away but even so i mean he's he's just come back to the side he, we're not sure who's going to partner with him ake is he going to play again the left back position just is chopped and changed all the time um i just and in general i just think it's been a bit of a disgrace really how they've done defensively for the la- under under pep like everyone keeps mentioning, they've spent 400 million on defenders. Um, and they just, you know, there's been no consistency in it at all throughout. Um, and then, yeah, as well, obviously, you've got massive problems up front um, with Aguero and Jesus also both out. And it seems that, I mean, since they, they kind of had um, better attacking options a few years back, in my opinion, from a, from a striking perspective, and they focused on the attacking midfield roles instead. So when they offloaded Negredo, Nacho, all of those kind of players, um, they've left themselves with just two two great strikers, but but no real backup other than youngsters like um, Rory De Lapp's son. So um, I think they'll probably end up playing Mares and Sterling and, and Foden again up front as a little three with De Bruyne in behind. Maybe Bernardo Silva, who also came off the bench last night against Burnley, he could feature again now. Um, but I just think it's there's clearly we're talking about defensive and attacking issues, and there's a team that are 15-2-2 to beat them. I don't I don't want to obviously. And most teams are, are that price or bigger um, to beat City in a Premier League match, um, and then we've obviously got home field advantage removed as well. Um, so I don't think it's a massive. Massive price, but looking at the Premier League card, it, it was a price that jumped out to jumped out at me. And um, I think Leeds are obviously still adapting themselves. They've got Koch, who's new at the back, um, and he's made two big mistakes so far, which maybe he'll start to settle in a bit bit finer soon. Um, Rodrigo hasn't really well, he hasn't got going at all yet, um, and everyone kind of thought that he could be maybe a sort of fifteen goal, fifteen uh, goals a season striker for in a Premier League club um, but Bamford's proven the doubters wrong there's players all through that midfield and their wing back Stuart Dallas has been so good um, I just think that Leeds are going to give him massive problems I don't obviously expect Pep Guardiola to underestimate Bielsa at all but I don't think he also would know really how to approach this match and and doesn't really know as much about Leeds as he does about any other Premier League team or any of the, the promoted teams at least obviously he's got his backroom staff who've probably done their homework but it hasn't been hasn't been plain sailing for them so far and uh i
0: think 15 to 2 is a fair price yeah i agree um tom your long shot please
1: well it's funny that uh will mentions leads they were on my short list to be honest i do think that their price is pretty big and um just kind of following on from that i think that if you're looking at man city and how bad they were defensively and the problems that Leeds can cause. Um, Matthias Click is 11-2 to to score any time and he's on penalties for Leeds. Obviously, Man City gave away a couple against Leicester, so maybe one there for you at a decent price. But I've actually pumped for Lincoln to beat Blackpool and both teams to score. It's 15-2 to with Bet. I think that's very generous, to be honest. Um, I know that... We were talking about Blackpool at the start of the season as as a team to watch from a goals perspective, Uh, but their games have been surprisingly low scoring, Um, a a few of them anyway. But I do think that um, they're going to come into a lot more goals. I mean, their approach is there for all to see. I think they're ranked third for shots so far this season. Um, But I'm I'm not really convinced by that back line yet. Um, I don't think they made enough additions at the back. And I've been really impressed with what I've seen of Lincoln and Michael Appleton this season. Three wins from three, uh, three from three in the league, and they've also won a few in the cup as well. Um, obviously, got batted against Liverpool. I'm not going to uh, consider that into this. Um, but they're about fourteen to five to beat Blackpool, and um, it doesn't really add up for me. I rate these sides on a similar level, so I would have Blackpool slight favourites. Um, but I I wouldn't have them around even money like they are with most books uh, at the minute. So, yeah, I just think the price looks too big on this. Uh, Lincoln and Appleton have done wonders, really, in the transfer market from what I've seen. I think he uses the loan market really well. He's brought in a lad, Brennan Johnson. Um, I think it's from Nottingham Forest. He's really highly rated. Um, Looks a huge talent, and uh, Appleton's been singing his praises. He could come in here. They've got Tom Hopper, who, who scored um, the other day at MK Dons. Callum Morton, of course, has come on loan, who did so well at Northampton. Anderson, um, racking up the assists already, and George Grant is looking back to his best. Uh, so they've got really dangerous players, especially on the break. I watched them firsthand uh, smash Bradford 5-0 in the Cup. Um, Bradford weren't terrible that game, I didn't think, but Lincoln were outstanding. Uh, Really clinical as well, and I don't think that they need to create masses of chances to win games, just because um, they they seem to take them more often than not. And Blackpool, uh, I need to see a lot more from them to be convinced that they're a team that are are going to sustain a promotion challenge. So uh, Lincoln, they've won three from three um, to win them both teams to score fifteen to two with Skybet. I expected that to be around um Nine to two, so yeah, massive value there for me, Mark.
0: Nice one. So will's on Leeds at fifteen to two. Tom likes Lincoln to win, and B T T S at fifteen to two against Blackpool in League One. Uh, we're going to move on to the next best, which is not your nap It's your next best bet. Uh, I'll stay with you then, Tom. Far away with your, your next best.
1: Yeah, I'm going to head into um, League One in uh, France here, and it, it's a player that I've been really impressed with. Uh, quite a while who's taking my fancy and it's uh, Teji Savanier who plays for Montpellier and they're hosting Nîmes this weekend um, interesting with Savanier played for Nîmes when they first came up and did really well, I think they finished in the top half uh, the eighteen nineteen 19 season uh, really enterprising attacking approach from them caught, a t- caught quite a few teams off guard that season uh, and Savanier was one of the top players according to all the stats in the entire league um, even ousting a lot of PSG players so yeah, he, he made the move to Montpellier that was quite a coup for them and obviously he's playing against his former club here uh, this season Montpellier started pretty well really good at home naturally and um, I think that they're they're probably a good bet to beat Neem here I know they've seen quite a bit of action on the market uh, understandably so, but Savanier is playing a more advanced role here. He was more kind of box-to-box for Nîmes, uh, more of a creator, but he, he's racking up the goals now. He's scored three already this season. He's averaging three shots per game, 1.2 on target. Uh, and remember, in Ligue 1, we've had quite a few games to go through, so there's a decent sample size in comparison to other leagues. Um, he's also on penalties, which is something that you have to really factor in here, and um, yeah, I think that he's a huge price to score. Thirteen to four with UniBet, so that's just over three to one. Is around two to one elsewhere, so um, that really did stand out. That price, it's still available. I just checked it, so yeah, I'd probably back him down to um, about twenty-seven to ten. Um, I think that if you can get anything above three to one, yeah. You're laughing. Uh, I think that's a decent value. But especially with him being on pens against his former club, Montpellier brilliant at home. Neem struggling on the data as well this season. I I think that they'll struggle. Um, So, yeah, I expect Montpellier to win and Savanier to get in on the action.
0: Lovely stuff. Uh, Will, your MB, please. Yep,
2: I'm heading to northwest Germany this time uh, on Saturday afternoon for Verde Bremen versus Armenia Bielefeld. Um, I've been looking at the XG table for for the Bundesliga and just trying to find. Um, I mean, this this game jumped out anyway. But this, when I was looking at the table that um, for XG, this even. I mean, it, it was it was massively obvious as a place to look for a bet here. Um, Bremen lost four one to Hertha on opening day, but actually won the shot count. Um, and yeah, and then the XG table has them after after two games now has them sixth when they're actually eleventh. Um, The opposite is true of uh, Bielefeld, who is sixth um, when the XG table hasn't bottomed. Um, Bielefeld won uh, the two Bundesliga last season by 10 points and they only lost two of 34 matches. Um, uh, Yeah, This is the first time they're back in in the Bundesliga or the top flight uh, since 2008. They were a bit of a mainstay. I remember watching them quite a few times. Uh, I think I for some reason had a Bielefeld raincoat when I was about 10 years old um no idea where that came from maybe a charity shop job or something but um yeah they were mainstays for a lot of the 90s and the uh the 2000s as well um so at their back up which is good to see quite a big club but I think they're going to struggle this season um they seem to have taken an approach where they just want to kind of they don't want to chop and change their side too much um I think you kind of need a bit of a balanced approach. There's too many teams as well that you get which spend an absolute fortune when they get promoted and then it's just a complete different side to the one that got them there. But these guys, are I mean, they've done done—they've done opposite, really. Um, I think that they're probably relying massively on this Fabian Kloss, who's been their top scorer for uh, a crazy eight of their last nine seasons. Um, so incredible consistency, but this is the first time he's playing at um, top flight so we'll see how that goes for him and he's 32 as well so it's quite a bit of a, a time to make a step up like that um, and yeah I mean looking at looking at Bremen um, uh, Kofelt that uh, r- ridiculously smiley manager uh, at Werder um, yeah he, he turned it around in the end last season they, there was a point where they'd lost 11 out of 13 around Christmas um, and then just before lockdown and then after that uh, they had a record of one four drawn four lost five, um, and they just scraped through again in a relegation playoff final against Heidenheim. Um, they've made a couple bit of changes. I think they probably their best player last season. Milo Rashika, is a, he's kind of uh, being targeted for a move to to Villa, so he might not feature again here. He's been injured anyway, but it's probably best if he doesn't feature when when that kind of talks going on. Um, and yeah, on our top track, I think I remember Tom mentioning as well was a great signing for them. He's still sidelined, but they've also brought in um, in Court, who's got some he's got some history of being a good player already in the Bundesliga. Uh, Tahith Chong from Man United as well They're quite nice signings though, and um, Nicholas Fulkrug as well, who only joined them last season um, and has only played twelve uh, league fixtures for Bremen so far, but he got a hat trick last weekend. Um, so you have got seven goals in 12 starts I just think they're trending up nicely, it was an easy game to to kind of, I mean anyone playing Schalke right now is a bit of a gimme, so it was nice for them to have that um, but yeah, I just think that they're trending up, um, Bremen I think they've survived and they might might go a lot better than last season um, Bielefeld have probably uh, I mean they've not spent a single penny on transfer fees, so it's not for me, it might not work out for them. Um, and Bremen are 2 point, well, 2.1, so 11-10 to 10 to beat Bielefeld on Saturday afternoon. That's my next best bet.
0: Okay, great stuff. Further Bremen to beat Armenia Bielefeld from Will. And Savanier to score any time in the Montpellier-Nîmes game for, for Tom. A nice 13-4 to 4 with uni bets. Uh, now on the best part of the show. Uh, I'm going to get the guys naps. their best bets of the weekend. Tom, kick us off, please.
1: Well, I was going to put up um, Leipzig minus nine against Schalke, but then I found (laughs) out that um, David Wagner's now gone, so I thought I'd I'd (laughs) swerve that one. Um, I've ended up um, going to the EFL again. I mean, there's a few teams that have taken my fancy, but I can't really look elsewhere than uh, getting against Southend, um, unfortunately. It's something that we've done quite a bit of... um, and it's paid dividends. They've been terrible, to be honest. Uh, lost every game. The bottom of uh, pretty much every every data set that you're looking at as well. Um, the money has come for Crawley, who are hosting them this weekend. Um, they're into about four. Well, they're, they're knocking on the door four to six now. I think they're, they were around four to five earlier in the week. But you can get them minus zero point seven five on the Asian handicap uh, at one point nine. Um, if you should shop around, you can get uh, about 1.9 uh, if you look on odds checker. So, I think that that's still a bet. Um, you're still making profit if they win, it's just a, a half stakes profit if they win by a single goal. But I think they can um rack up quite a few goals here against South End. Um, I was speaking to a few people earlier in the week who kind of brought up um, that they like to back against teams rather than back teams when they're looking at, at bets and that that's something that um really did interest me and i think that if you find a team that you're more than happy to be against um then it the the opposition it's not as much of a, a of a pressing factor and i think south end are going to be one of them teams i mean it was norwich last season for me um especially towards the end of the campaign when they would given up. And uh, it kind of looks like the 10-1 the to 1 that you put up, Mark, in the, the pre-season pods of Southend to be relegated um, is looking like a really good thing because they've really struggled. Um, they're averaging just 5.7 shots per game, which is really, really poor. It's kind of unheard of, such figures. Obviously, it's a relatively small sample size, uh, only 1.3 shots on target per game. Uh, And it's no wonder that they've only scored one goal and that was an own goal. So um, if you look at um, the shots per game, the side that's ranked 21st in the league have double what Southend have. So it kind of says it all. Um, They're a bit of a shambles at the minute, which is sad. But um, at the end of the day, if you're you're a betting man, you want to make money off something. And um, it's a very young squad that they've got there, very thin squad too. Uh, Aqua, who who was pretty impressive, um, he's out, and they've signed McCormack, who's an experienced head, he's not really up to speed, I'm not sure if he's back yet, um, yeah, he's out as well, he's out, yeah, and I know you mentioned that, but um, Kelman, the youngster, could be off to your lot, uh, QPR, so there's plenty of issues with South End. they've already lost a large chunk of the squad, Humphreys has gone as well, so... They've got probably two or three senior players who are very average at best in League Two. And um, basically, I'm more than happy to back against them against anyone in the league because um, at the end of the day, they're playing against an under-21 squad. And Crowley have actually won two on the bounce. Um, They're they're in the playoffs. Um, I presume that they're not shorter because their data's not brilliant, to be honest, considering they have won them games have been quite clinical in them last two games and quite lucky really from a defensive standpoint. Um but Tom Nichols has come in and scored two in two um forming a decent partnership up front with Nadison who's a local lad who kind of been chucked about here there and everywhere but he, he was buzzing that he got a move to Crawley. Um he's kind of settled down there and he can really crack on this season. He's a decent player. And um yeah I think that Crawley should have it in them to, to win this. I mean, you don't have to be great to beat South End, but uh, if we can make money from Crawley just winning, uh, four stakes win if they win by two or more, I think that that's a good thing. Um, so, yeah, Crawley minus 0.75 on the Asian handicap at, at 1.9. That's my nap.
0: Nice one. Obviously, deepest sympathies to all South End vans, but uh, I'm aboard the Crawley train as well. Um, Will, your favourite fancy place for the weekend?
2: Yeah. Uh, excuse my French, but uh, Racing Club, Lens uh, versus Saint-Étienne is where I'm going. Um, I usually fancy myself as a bit of a language aficionado, but French is just not my forte at all. Oh, so, you nailed it there, mate. You nailed it. Yeah? Racing Club? <laughs> okay.
0: Lens.
2: Um, yeah. They uh, they play in Saint-Étienne at home uh, in northern France this weekend. Um, and again, this one is one where two teams trend in, in opposite directions, really, and, and, and as well with, with the XG uh, lawns have racked up 10.9 expected goals uh, across five games so far. Scored only eight, so slightly under what they would have expected to have, and have conceded six, but that's they were only expected to have conceded 2.5. Uh, so this ranks they'd be ranked third if they uh, if they if it was on expected goals, um, but they find themselves uh, in sixth still, which is obviously still a great place to be so far five games in off the back of promotion, um, but. Are actually above them in fourth, but the XG has them right down in sixteenth, um, with just five expected goals for and 7.6 expected against. Uh, so that means basically Les Verts have been very efficient both offensively and well, either lucky or maybe effective defensively. But however way you see it, um, Saint Etienne last season before the French uh, curtailment of the league, um, they finished seventeenth. Um, which was um, well the back end of it under Claude Puel um, after they did the points calculation. Um, and that was just a massive drop-off from where they've been in the past few years. So they were fourth the season prior to that, season before that, seventh, sixth, fifth. Basically, they've been a top-half side for a few years now. Um, and a lot of it seems to be down to... Well, I mean, I think there's, some, there's money issues there. Um, but they also, because of those money issues, they lost manager... Uh, Jean-Louis Gasset, um, I think that's also how you say that. Um, mm-hmm. He resigned um, basically after basically being told that there was no there was no budget available for transfers. Um, so he's gone to Bordeaux, who actually beat Saint-Etienne to a Europa League spot on um, the goal difference the season prior. Um, and yeah, the, this this transfer window, they've only been able to spend four million uh, on arrivals. Uh, The rest being free transfers or or loan deals or or people recalled from loan. Um, All very young players that I won't pretend to know much about, but clearly aren't going to have as much of an impact as it seems compared to what Lons have been able to bring in, which has been uh, Ganago from Nice and Kakuta from Amiens, who've got seven goals between them after five games um, joined. So they've they've fitted in really well straight away Um, and they've also spent a bit more money on some other players they got Fafana from Udinese and they've 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 raided Toulouse for two players there Silla and Corentin Jean so they seem like um, a really well balanced side as well last season getting promoted um, I mean it was who knows what would have really happened um, if we if they'd completed that season because they were only promoted on by one point um, after the points calculation but um, they seem to be going very well. Uh, and they were, they were quite a well-balanced side in terms of how they shared goals around. Uh, there were not, I think there was not a single player in their team last season that scored more than eight in 28 matches, but there were sort of three or four of them that did score that many. Um, so it just, I mean, they're looking like pretty fearless, not been phased by promotion. Obviously, once upon a time, another mainstay in, in, in League on. Um, so back in the big time and, and going really well um, and yeah I'm just going to go for them on the straight straight win 11-10 to 10 at bet 365 um, as my nap but also just wanted to quickly mention that uh, De Chepi is in charge here as well and he is uh, the, the guider of France basically um, <laughs> he's, uh, he's got the highest cards per game um, of any French active referee um, and he's got the second highest pens per game uh, and the highest reds per game in Ligue 1. So um, another one of those where no markets are available right now. But um, I think if you're getting two to one or higher on a penalty, uh, and, and, and something we've looked at as well, actually, in in uh, the French League is uh, the number of red cards given per yellow card is the, is the lowest ratio across Europe. So that basically means uh, reds have given out way more easily in a game with fewer cards than any other league. Um, whilst the league in general might not actually have as many yellow cards per game, they're pretty much just more um, kind of, they easily give straight reds or or second yellows to the same player in in a match. I mean, everyone saw what happened in PSG Marseille. That was a, a one-off really there, but this, there's, there's definitely, I think usually people talk about this hot-headedness being just a, spanish and italian thing but uh the french league is just just as crazy for it and bookies seem to have cottoned on to it a little bit this season as well um best price on pens i've seen usually is around four to one uh, on red cards now it's about four to one usually with Skybet seem to be best price so i'll just be looking to see what see what price they come up with there um when this match gets gets added um and i guess i would be looking at lons to score any penalty and Saint-Etienne to have any red card as well because uh, Saint-Etienne had the fourth highest cards per game last season in League 1 as well. So that would kind of, I mean, that'd be perfect. Saint-Etienne red, uh, a Lons penalty and a Lons win, please.
0: <laughs> Sounds good. And I always like a referee who likes to dish out the cards and give a lot of penalties. Sounds like plenty fun and entertainment. Also great to see Lons back in the big time, a great club from the northeast of France. Very passionate supporter base, a great stadium. Good to see them doing so well. So, Will likes Lons to win. Tom likes Crawley to win in League Two. Um, OK, guys, uh, any other business you'd like to share?
1: There is from me, Mark. Here's a couple of points. that. Um, there's always one from you, isn't there, Tom? Well, there's, <laughs> there's, there's quite a few today. So, um, basically, <laughs> um, there's two, two goal scorers that are worth a bit of interest, um, both in League One. Um, one to watch out for is Malik Wilkes at Hull. Um, I'm not sure if he's going to start this one, so I would hold out for team news because um, the manager, Grant McCann, has said that he's back in contention, but he did miss last week. Uh, he's 21-10 to 10 with Unibet to score any time, and Hull have started excellently. Three wins out of three. I think that Wilts is in for a massive season, to be honest. I think he's too good for this level. Um, he's averaging four shots per game. He did well even when Hull were uh, kind of wanting a couple of goals Last season, I mean, he was good at Barnsley as well. Um, so I think that he he's up against the Plymouth side that have looked very porous at the back. I mean, they conceded four against AFC Wimbledon, which kind of says it all. They conceded three at Leighton Orient as well in the cup. Um, so I do think Hull, at odds on are, are a fair price, but if Wilkes does start up front, I'd probably rather be siding with him at over two to one any time. Uh, another player that kind of stood out when I we was looking uh, down the stats in League One is Joe Piggott at AFC Wimbledon. And in that game with Plymouth, he actually managed 11 shots, which is incredible. <laughs> I've not really seen anything like that in that league. I know Cristiano Ronaldo seems to do it every week for Juventus, mm-hmm. but Joe Piggott at AFC Wimbledon. Uh, yeah, he's managed three, three shots in both his other games, so his average is kind of a bit skewed from that. Uh, But he did score two in that. Um, And he is a player that I think will improve. Uh, And they're up against Accrington. And he's 21-10 to as well with Betfair and Paddy Power to score any time. I don't think Accrington are going to be the best team defensively this season. Um, So, yeah, definitely one to watch out for there. I think he's a good bet. Anything two to one or bigger. And just one other other, um, thing that did catch my eye in the EFL was Northampton. They're away at Bristol Rovers, and uh, I kind of talked about Bristol Rovers in the pre-season pods and put them up for relegation. Uh, They've lost every game so far. They've been terrible. Um, They've actually conceded the most shots in the league, a massive 19 per game. That's 24th out of 24, and they're taking just 6.3 shots per game, which is very meagre indeed. That's bottom as well. Uh, lost 4-1 against Doncaster last week. Deservedly so, I thought. Um, not convinced by the manager. Very weak squad. Nothing going forward. The defence looks all at sea. Um, Northampton are, are rated as outsiders here and you could get them at 1.95 with a quarter goal start on the Asian handicap. That was very close to being that material for me. Um, I just think that cobblers have um, got a physicality about them. Um, they've won one, drew one and lost one so far. The loss was against a decent Hull side. I do think that they can uh, go and at least get a point at Bristol Rovers, if not win. So um, they look a big price and if you can get money, um, well, if you can make profit from them avoiding defeat, at a decent price, just, just under evens, I think that's a good, a good way in. Um, and just one other thing, I think both teams are scoring Bayern Munich against Hertha Berlin. At 4-5 on Sunday, looks um, an outstanding player, given how dodgy Bayern have looked at the back against um, Hoffenheim last week, losing 4-1, and then midweek against Dortmund, conceding 3. I think that um, they can be got at. Hertha have been very adventurous under Bruno Labbadia. Um They've invested well. Matthias Cunha is a really good player at that level. Um, likes to get shots off. back yeah, Bakio as well. Scored a hat-trick, uh, I think it was for Dusseldorf um, against Bayern at the Allianz. So he'll, he'll have good memories of that. I think that Herta can score and both teams to score at 1.8 um, was also vying for that material.
0: Excellent stuff. So we've got two anytime angles in League One, uh, an Asian handicap play in League One and a, goals, uh, a BTTS bet from the Bundesliga. Uh, I presume you're done, Will. Anything else on your menu?
2: Just a, a couple of quick nods from me, please.
0: Yeah, um, go
2: on. Uh, it must be Joe Piggott playing at Loftus Road's gone to his head, is it? He's <laughs> Wimbledon are playing there at the moment, right? Yeah, yeah. My uh, my actually all almost one of my next bests as well was QPR double chance against uh, Sheffield Wednesday. Um, just that's another one looking at the XG. I mean, you probably know more than I do, Mark, but uh, the hoops. Are look pretty much far superior to them so far and it's just another case of one side that's underperforming and another one that's overperforming. Um and you can get about uh four to five, five to six maybe on QPR double chance there. Um and another one um Cambridge United are doing my head in. I tried tried opposing <laughs> them last tried opposing them last weekend with Trammere. Um and Tranmere actually drifted out from, I think they were my they were my long shot at 7 to 2 to to win minus 1 Asian handicap um and they drifted out to 5 to 5.9 um I can't work that out in in fractionals I'm afraid but um yeah so Cambridge went off near even money favorites um eventually only only managed one shot on target um and yeah they're playing uh, Exeter this weekend and uh uh, the Grecians they they won away at Mansfield last weekend, which was is no mean feat at all. Um, and they've had two tough other games against Port Vale and Salford, and in both matches been pretty pretty on it in terms of shot shot data. So um, I think yeah, Matt Taylor's taken on the baton well since Paul Tisdale left left Exeter a few year a couple of years ago. And I'd, I'd I'd pretty I'd have Exeter a lot shorter than they currently are on that. I think they're about. Uh, is it maybe just a, just a shade over evens? So I've not got the price in front of me anymore. But yeah, Exeter and
0: and QPR, I'm supporting those guys. Good man. Good to hear some faith in the hoops this weekend. Um, right, I think that brings us to the end of the show. Thanks, guys, for all your inputs and your selections and your reasoning and your insights. It's been excellent, really enjoyable listening to it all. Um, thank you, guys, for listening as well. Uh, please do let us know if you've enjoyed the show or if you have any feedback or any ideas for the future editions, your your views and your opinions really help us sculpt a show that you guys want to actually listen to ahead of the weekend so uh, i think that's us done so this has been the, the Wheel of betting weekend preview podcast in association with gambler thanks very much for your time again and thanks again to you tom pleasure mate and thanks again to you will as well thanks a lot mate good luck for the weekend guys cheers you too this has been the Wheel of betting weekend preview podcast chat soon guys